Yeah. So I was gonna ask. So how do do you make weight one hundred and five with a cut, or do you just you walk around around one hundred and five? So I usually do. The, the plan is usually around like a seven pound water cut, which which isn't too bad for like. If you weigh 240, that's not too bad. Yeah, that ain't bad. But uh, before Nats, I was just I just moved to California, and I just got married, so I went on my honeymoon, all that stuff. Oh shit! And so oh, we were just shit. eating, just <laughs> eating and drinking for. <laughs> I probably was up to like at my heaviest before Nats. I think like four days out, I was 246. Oh damn! Yeah, and I and that was at like the, the peak of uh peak of water load, but. I was, I was getting worried, so <laughs> I think three days out, I was down to just like protein shakes, uh, Greek yogurt, almond, just like high calorie dense food. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we just made it happen, man. It was like fifteen pound cut. Dude, there's nothing. Last minute. There's nothing worse. What are you gonna do? It was an all inclusive resort, right? So all the food, all the booze, everything you want. Dog, what are you gonna do? You got you, you, you gotta live your life. You gotta, you know, you're going in, and you might start off being like, "I'm just gonna have a couple cocktails, whatever, nothing crazy." Mm-hmm. Next thing you yeah. know, you know your tie is around your head. You know you're fucking like seven cocktails exactly. deep, and it's like that's out the window. Exactly. You 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 might have planned yeah. on when I go to the buffet, just a plate, just one plate, we're good. Six seven cocktails, and it's noon, by the way. Six seven cocktails deep, you're three plates in. I don't give a shit. You're, that's exactly. out the window. You know what I mean? That's the worst case scenario. They had, like, the, the best quesadillas. So it was just, like, oh. beer and quesadillas all day. Oh, shit. Where did you that, guys, that was it, man. Where did you guys go? We were in, like, the Cancun area. Okay. Nice. Is Cancun, that, Mexico. Yeah. Is, is that where uh, Chichen Itza is? Yeah. Did you go, did it, was you like, go, it was, like, an hour drive from us. Did you go see any of, like, the, the pyramids or anything? Nah, we didn't go do that. All business, huh? We just we pretty much just just stuck to the resort there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll drinking and eating, man. I'll drinking and eat. Let me get this little thing out the way here. People are gonna be. I gotta. There we go. Yeah. No, I feel like I went. I went to Mexico and um, I went to go see Chichen Itza. And um, do you like? Do you know about it? Like Chichen Itza and uh... like the the pyramids, right? Right. Right. Is that the pyramid? That's right. Yeah. And they had, like, the, the people who used to live there. I don't want to fuck it up. If it's the Aztecs, do you know who it was who built those pyramids? Um, might be the Mayans. I don't know. Mayans. I'm not sure. You're right. I think it's the Mayans, my man. Well done. Thank you, sir. And um, they were, like, I don't know if you ever seen that movie Apocalypse or Apocalypto, Mel Gibson movie. Apocalypto? I've seen, I've seen it on, like, TV, bits and parts, yeah. Dog. Though they, they were not playing games. They they ran yeah. into other like tribes, kidnapped everybody, slaughtered them, raped the women, you know, enslaved the kids, yeah. and then took you back to that pyramid, put you on the top of the pyramid where all the people are worshiping, cut open your chest, reach in, pull out your still beating heart, and fucking like presented it to the sun god or some shit. Then they chopped off your head yeah. and threw it down the steps. So when you they go rolled to, it down, yeah, it was crazy. So when you go to Chichen Itza, I saw that pyramid. We're like. All yeah. that happened, and you're picturing it like, oh my god! And on the side of the of the pyramid, they show like inscribed people getting their hearts pulled out in the whole night. Like people, it was wild, man. It's wild to go. Yeah, it's okay. uh, it's brutal. Oh, dude, it was crazy. And and yeah, I can't. I'm the same as you. I went in on the resort, 
looking one way and came out a whole nother human being. <laughs> you go yeah. in one weight class, you come out another weight class up. Exactly, exactly. I couldn't really train. I, I was like trying to get in some sessions, but it's like, it's your honeymoon. <laughs> You're not really supposed to do that. But yeah, man, I was heavy. Did you, did you, um, were you at a resort with weights? Did they have like squat racks, bench press? Yeah, they had, they had weights. Um, now they had like a, what's it called? Smith machine. Oh shit. And then they had like, they had dumbbells up to like 70 or something, which was, that wasn't bad. Yeah. And then, um, machine. Did you go in the Smith machine, love? Had to, man. <laughs> I, had to. I got, I got some fish pressed in on it and that was about it. Hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. It's better than nothing. You know, it's, it's gonna, you'll get something in. Yeah. No video though. No pictures, yeah. no video taken, please. You, yeah. You, Right. You after you're done that day, like this never happened. Okay, that's never happened. Um, exactly. does, does Joey do your your water cuts as well? Uh, we've done it so many times, so yeah. we already knew. They yeah, already got it down. One time, I was doing a water cut with Joey, and I I like chugged water at the end. So here's what I I fumbled the ball because you're supposed to have X amount of water the day before the thing is because i was driving i was traveling right so and like i don't want to be in the car and like stopping every two seconds so by the time i got to the hotel it was way fucking late so i but i still hadn't drank in the water i was supposed to drink that day and like fucking i just chugged like like a fool man it, i should not i should just hit joey up be like what should i do in this situation but whatever did it and then the next morning when I weigh up at like 7, I'm supposed to weigh in at like 7, woke up at 4 just to test where my weight's at. And like, yeah, no shit. I was like 10 pounds over where I would be. And I was like, oh yeah. my God. Anxiety through the roof. I'm messaging Joey. Yeah. It's over. It's over. I'm out. I'm pulling out. He had, to like, <laughs> he had to like talk me down. Relax, man. We're good. And I'll give this to him. The, I think even with the the uh, time zone change, because I'm like three hours ahead, and that was even four hours ahead. Maybe he was just shutting down his night, and that's why I still caught him. But he was like, man, yeah. talk me off a cliff. You know what it's like when you are like this This whole prep is a wrap. I just fucked it all up. We are, we are going in as yeah. a 93, and that is not the plan. Then you have to be like, it's all good. We're going to be all right. Hang on. And you yeah. needed, you know you need that voice of reason where you're like, talk to me, dog. He's like, listen to me. Yeah. Listen to me. I've been here. We're okay. And we, I made weight, um, got a PR total, and I was like, holy shit, thank God this happened. It wasn't like I had higher expectations. Still PR, though, so I'm not mad at that. Dog, I went yeah. from thinking I was not going to make weight to, you know, I was just grateful to make it. It's no, that, that's exactly how it was with me. That's exactly how it was. Yeah. I, I made it at, I don't know if you knew, I made it at like, so you know they, they have like a two-hour window of weighing. I didn't even show up the the whole first two hours because I, I knew I wasn't that weight. I, I rolled up like right at the last 30 seconds. I'm like <laughs> running over there. They were, they were, they were Rip, shutting Ripping down. my clothes off. <laughs> ripping my clothes off. And, um, There's like a naked man coming yeah, down man, the hallway. People, exactly. Exactly. And then, um, yeah, I made it like right at the last minute. I think I had like 45 minutes to recomp. Oh, wow, man. And that's the problem, yeah. man. If you if you like if you weigh in if you miss weight you got to weigh in again, you got like you just chewed up a lot of time, yeah. you know. And then so then you got to I guess you felt okay though, because you ended up lifting. I felt all right. I mean, 
I was so heavy. By the time I got on on the platform, I was over. I feel like I was back over two forty. I was so bloated and heavy. And then once I got my legs under me, I was good. It's like um, watching Ricky Cho does this a lot. Actually, he cuts a lot of weight when he's making seventy four kilo, and um, he would start off like the morning squats were always tough. Like he would, he's got a decent squat, but by the time he deadlift, my man's was like close to an eighty three kilo lifter. Like he was, that's why he's, yeah. dead, he's deadlifting into the seven hundreds, which is like big for an eighty three kilo guy to deadlift in the seven hundreds because he gets stronger, stronger, bigger, and bigger as the day goes on. So when you see him in the weigh-ins, you're like, okay, all right, I see you. And then by the time Dennis rolling around, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? He's all floated up. <laughs> you're like, all floated up. Sir, are you in the wrong session? What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> did you guys just swap? How the shit did this happen? But um, it's the advantages of cutting weight. I don't like to do a big weight cut myself if possible, but I got like a nice little groove. There's some like, the differences between a 105 and you got to go right up to 120. Yeah. Like that's, that's it's too much. Like that's man, that's that's a wrap. That's like a you got no choice. Like you have to be one of yeah. one. That's not a little jump, my friend. <laughs> if I if I wanted to go 120, I feel like to be competitive, I'd have to walk around like close to 270 and that's just I'm only 5'9. <laughs> that's too oh, big. Dude. <laughs> that's too big for 5'9. Well, um yeah, like Dennis Cornelius, I'm five nine too. Dennis Cornelius is, I think he's around my height, and he's a one twenty. That's a thick dude. You see how thick his fucking calves are. You see how thick his his ankle is like my thigh, sir. He's just a big yeah. man. He's a big frame gentleman. That's that's why he, he squats and, and everything lifts um, with no shoes on, no socks on. Well, I guess his feet are like fucking lunch boxes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's, they're like, he's yeah, he, that's a big man. He, he's 30, man. He's good. I can't believe he does um, jujitsu and grapples. I would fucking hate to have to. Can you imagine trying to take a guy, shooting for a takedown? Like having a, a bear on you. Dude, can you imagine shooting for a takedown, getting a single leg, and it's one of his fucking legs? It's like trying to wrestle down a tree trunk. It's like, good yeah. luck, man. You're going to get powerbombed. Good luck. Have fun with that. Um, so, how did you. What, let's roll it back. When you were growing up, what sports were you into? I played everything. I, I started off with um, probably soccer, like most people I feel. Yeah. Uh, football, basketball, ran track. Uh, what else did I do? You did I think that, that's it. Are you? Are yeah, you, those four. You got siblings? I got an older sister. Okay. And, that's and, it. And how tall is she? Uh, She's like five, six. Okay. Five, five. My, yeah. I got a brother who's six one, and I got a sister who's like five eight, and I'm like, how the shit did I end up being five nine? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey man. Yeah. I think I got jacked for a second. My mom's like five nine. She's like we're like the same height, yeah. and my dad's like five four. Okay. Well, all right. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of could be worse. <laughs> hey, hey man. Let's yeah. take, let's take what we got in the genetic lottery. Were you always a big kid growing up? I was tiny. Whoa. I was like, I was like late bloomer, super tiny. I think my freshman year of high school, I, I got into high school at like five one, maybe a hundred pounds even. Damn. And then, uh, yeah, I was pretty small all the way into my senior year. I was like, I was like my height now, and I was like one eighty five or something. Oh wow! So you were a totally yeah. different guy when you from going in. You're in like a lamb, out like a lion. 
<laughs> you were like taking names who's picking on you in grade nine. Like, okay, I see you. I see you. All right. We'll see what happens yeah, in grade nine. Were you when did you start lifting weights then? Was it, it must have been in high school at some point? About that year, about freshman year when I was a hundred pounds. I did my first powerlifting meet at um it was equipped because in, in uh Texas THSPA, everything's equipped. And it was um one fourteen weight class. Holy smokes, my man. You could probably yeah. arm, you could arm curl that right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. So you were 114 pounds. So what made you find powerlifting? Like, how did you find it? It was just yeah, like a, it's a sport. Like in Texas, for those who don't know, because Texas is a powerlifting sport, man. You guys got how many world champions coming out of Texas? Like Ray Williams, Russell Orby. Yeah. Not sure if anybody heard of those guys. They're, they're quite good. Um, I mean, you, yeah. Texas is a And then you go on the, the equip side, you have like Ian Bell, yeah. Preston Turner, like just a bunch of dudes winning world, world titles over there. Yeah. It's not so. So how did you end up? What made you choose powerlifting? So I was, I was playing football still. Um, I played soccer, I think, freshman year. And then uh, in the off season for football, like you ran track. You like most people did a sport, so it was either track or powerlifting. Like they ran at the same time. Yeah. And I was tired of running, so I just ran, I just did powerlifting. Let's smash some weights. Let's smash some weights, sir. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, down but... with this running shit. That sounds. That sounds. <laughs> that's an extracurricular activity, sir. That's not. That's not a sport. Yeah. What a, So you were doing football when you were 114 pounds. Yeah, I wasn't that good. I was. Oh, dog, I was you're, like, you're brave. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you're brave. You had. Um, yeah, I was like freshman. The freshman B team. So like the lowest, pretty much the lowest team. But I played that year, and then I, I quit after that, and I just did power up the rest of the time. Was it like, um, cause I had some boys, I never played football, but I had some buddies who played football in high school. Here's the difference though, man. I went to high school in the nineties. Those fellas, like in the nineties, we didn't know what the shit was going on with concussions and whatnot. Like that movie concussion came out yeah. with Will Smith and, and see what we know now about CTE. We never even said the word CTE. That's not like a word, a, abbreviation CTE um, back in the day. We had no idea. There was people getting laid out in the first half, like a first quarter, coming back in the last quarter, and like, son, you think you could play? How you feeling now? You had a couple yeah. quarters out. And like, you, yeah. you put your helmet on, young man. We need you. And it was like, now, that shit would never happen. You you could be out for forever. But uh, were you like, at yeah. 114 pounds, my friend, I seen what some high school kids look like in the U.S. Oh, I was taking some hits, yeah. <laughs> I played corner. I, I played corner. And, uh, yeah, man, I took some blows to the head. I, I probably had a couple minor concussions, but <laughs> not, not stuff that you – Yeah, not big enough for them to, like, pull you out the game or anything. Oh, snap. You were still in the game afterwards? Yeah. Like, I've seen, like – you know, you see, like, little little stars, like yeah. cartoons and stuff? Yeah. I've had a few, a few of those, the but one, it was nothing worse than that. The worst I – so, I did um, in high school in early 20s – I was lifting weights and doing some like like boxing, but just like messing around with it. But so I was sparring with a dude. I don't know who if you know who Sid Vanderpool is. You know, have you heard of Bernard Hopkins? He was the, yeah, I know Bernard Hopkins. Okay, um, he was the middleweight champion of the world. Like he has the most successful defenses for the middleweight championship ever. And um, mm-hmm. so he's like a, he's an all time great. 
And Sid Vanderpool is from Kitchener, which is right next door to where I live. And he fought Bernard Hopkins for the title and went the distance with him. And for some fucking reason, I was sparring with that dude. And um, my man, I thought for like 30 seconds I was doing all right. And I, put, I was putting my hands down a little bit, a little bit too much. He was hitting me to the body and I was dropping yeah. my hands a little bit. And I came off the ropes and I got clipped like once. And this is the only time he really hit me. Like he wasn't trying to hurt me because he's so way ahead of me. So he was trying to hurt me. But I got clipped, my friend. And the shit went like sparks, then went into Nintendo graphics. Okay, I mean 8-bit Nintendo too, my man, not 64 or whatever the shit. Okay, went into Nintendo graphics and then black. And then, like, I don't know how long it was black. Then it came back all of a sudden. And I'm still on my feet and we're still fighting. And I was like, holy shit. I was out. Yeah. I was out. Legit. I was, it was Out black. on your feet. It was black. Like, yeah. I was gone. And, um, and I was walking because we're still fighting. And it, it was like I was stepping on clouds or, like, things were, like, soft under my feet. Like, I felt like my legs were so jelly. And, um, but nobody said shit. Like, the coach didn't stop it. Nobody did. So, I'm, like, I must got a poker face. Like, like I must have a poker face like a motherfucker. Because I, afterwards, yeah. we were leaving. Me and my boy were, were going to boxing. And I drove. And my buddy's like, hey, shit. Props, man. You went in there with Sid. That's Sid Vicious, man. That's, that's good on you. And I was like, dog, I fucking think I'm still knocked out. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I think you should drive home. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I did in there. Yeah. I don't know what it looked like, but I might have died in there. I had an out-of-body experience. I didn't do that good. <laughs> he was like, you did good, man. No, I did not, sir. I'm, I, I lost about 10 years of my life, I think. <laughs> you know? So um, I, I had my boy drive me like drive us home. I was like, I'm not even driving, dude. I'm like not myself yeah. right now. <laughs> that was scary stuff. That's wild. I prefer, um, yeah, that's why. Then I ended up lifting weights. I'm like, this is probably more my jam. So when you when you first started in equipment, did you like so when I first started powerlifting, it was 2007. And I remember every like IPF was only equipped. They had some other federations that were unequipped. And um and I never got into like the gear because like fuck me. I like I, I've never I saw them putting on a shirt and I was like, there's no way I'm gonna try that. Yeah. What were you feeling about it? I mean, I was weak at the time, so it was like I put on a squat suit and squatted like 50 pounds more. Hey, hey. So, I, hey, so I mean, I liked the game. I liked it. I liked it all throughout high school, and then um, got to college, and then I just started like, I don't know. I started getting actually strong. I, not like, not like that, but I started getting strong raw. Yeah. So I just like started getting away from it. Did you like like? So so you was it around coffee? So you were in equipment for years. I did equip for like for eight years. Holy shit! Oh, damn, dude, how long have you been yeah. lifting? Close to ten years. I usually those first two years I was like I trained for maybe three months out of the year, like that freshman and, and sophomore year. I don't really count those. So about but probably around like ten years. Dog, that's you were a ten year vet. You're an OG. Yeah. How old I've been you? doing it for a minute. Yeah. You've been doing it for a twenty four. You're 24, dude. Yeah. There are 24 year old OGs now. Holy smokes, man. It's, um, I remember back in the day, so before social media and before the IPF had a classic division, so that once a classic division happened, holy smokes, the 
the like in terms of the amount of people that joined and started powerlifting, freaking boom goes the dynamite. Now I don't know if it's because of CrossFit and people start coming over or whatever. Um, people are like, oh, it's more relatable. For me, man, I just thought like I'm, I can't get into it. Like mentally, I'm, I'm I don't even like the idea of equipment necessarily when it comes to bench shirt and whatnot, trying it on and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that was huge. And then social media came, and it was it absolutely exploded as well because we are killing social media. Doc, we get no mainstream love at all. But on social media, we got mm-hmm. the people who are like social media yeah. famous, um, and we like put yeah. us up. nobody talked, nobody helped us out. We just put this together. We made our own infrastructure. You know what I mean? Like power lifting. Yeah. Like we we made our podcast, we made our ESPNs and shit like that happen because we aren't getting enough love. So we do our own preview shows, recaps and shit. We're, so we we blew yeah. it up on social media. And um, when I first started powerlifting, I was in my late twenties. I was twenty eight. I've been weightlifting, but I didn't like you know you wouldn't come across powerlifting because there's no social media really. Not not like we do now. And sure shit, not yeah. mainstream. Now though. You people start powerlifting as freaking teens, man. And you got people coming up in the yeah. ranks that are like just murdering these weights at super young. Yeah. You had to like before you had to like just go to a gym where that's what they did. Or if you were in Texas, like it was in the schools and stuff, but yeah, I feel you. If you didn't if you were just going to like a regular commercial gym, you weren't gonna see powerlifting no. like twenty years ago. Hell no. Dude, I the only reason why there's a dude who was in my gym who won the Canadian National Championships and he won the Arnold Classic, Raw. And uh, the Arnold at the time was actually doing Raw competitions, but the Canadian Nationals wasn't and the U.S. Nationals wasn't. The Arnold Classic just did it because they wanted to do it like that. And I remember reading in a national newspaper, and that's how old this was. There's fucking newspapers. How crazy is that? <laughs> There's still newspapers, but not the same. And they actually wrote an article on him. And I was like, oh, damn, what's powerlifting? And then I was reading it, and I was like, dude, this guy goes to my gym. And I, so I just approached him and, and got lucky. I had, like, a dude right there, but we didn't know. Yeah, it was hard to find powerlifting for sure. Yeah. Um, especially, like, training, getting coaching and whatnot, like, technical, how to, like, properly squat. Like, who? how did you initially, who was teaching you how to squat, how to bench, how to deadlift when you first started? Yeah, all the powerlifting coaches were just football coaches, so it was like. Oh, really? I might have had, like, one really good coach throughout all four years, and that was, like, for one year. And the rest of them were just, like, tell you to squat deeper. <laughs> like, yeah. they, didn't really have, they didn't really have a lot of critiques, just, like, squat deeper. Yeah. You know, scream at you a little bit. And, and I've seen some videos. I don't know if this is the shit it was like at your school, but, dude, the, the, the high school football videos or like, those – some I, it's got to be Texas. Some of those – these dudes wild out when guys are going for like squat day PRs and shit. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. Never, dude, I, yeah. if I had a gym squad like that, it was crazy, man. Was that what it was like when you were going? Yeah. The, like the actual training was a real average, like the, the program and stuff. But it's just that environment. You're just around a bunch of dudes trying to get strong. So like everyone gets strong. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, man, it was hype. Like PR days. Mostly in the summer, they would have, like, sometimes they just have the gym open. Yeah. So you just go in there with your boys. Yeah, man, it was hype. Dude, it, it was like a, like a fucking rap video. Dudes were in the camera, like, ah, getting up in there, and it was so hype. I think I heard gunshots. It was fucking wild, man. People popping champagne. Girls were dancing. It, it's, dude, some of these videos were so hype. It's like, how do you not hit that PR? How do you, how do you have, yeah. how do you have that much hype around you? 
and like you miss it. You're not missing. Nah, you never, you never miss. Even if sometimes you'll, you'll have your spotter helping you a little bit, oh, or yeah, the, the spot will be like, the squad will be a half squad, but yeah, you're never yeah, gonna yeah, miss. You, you're never gonna actually miss. You, you know what? You're one hundred percent right. If that was me, as soon as if, if it's hype like that, okay, um, they got jacuzzi girls in the jacuzzi and shit. You know, dudes wearing sunglasses yeah. inside. It's that kind of vibe. That's what it looked like. Yeah. If I unwrap that goddamn weight. And I'm like, oh shit, this isn't gonna happen. You're gonna see a half squat. I'm a, I'm a squat. Oh yeah, you're half squat. And everybody's gonna yeah. explode like I hit it full depth, anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> failure, exactly. Failure is not an option, my friend. W- when did you end up then after school? Then how did you end up? Did you find Joey just after that? Uh, after that, I went to UT, and they had a they had a, like a really good partisan program there. I don't know if you know Ian Bell. I already mentioned him earlier. And, Bill, and his dad, man. They're legends. And his dad, yeah. So when I got there, he was a he was either a junior or senior. He was in his third or fourth year. And then I was a freshman. So I started training under him. And then I was training with his dad as well back in San Antonio. And then it wasn't until like my last year. I'd already been listening for like eight years. And then um I found Joey on Instagram. It was like after the it was after the hack oh, and uh, Gibbs. Oh, hell yeah, it was. Oh, you've done one. Dude, that's it, right. Yeah, exploded after that. Did yeah, you, so then I hit him up. Hit him up then. And then, yeah, I've been with him for like another, I think, three years now. It's, uh, yeah, because I was 2016. So, I mean, we're going on four years then. All right, so, did, did you watch, were you always watching the world championships? What was the first world championships you watched? Well, let me think. <laughs> I probably watched in 2014, but that was like equipped. Mm. And then I watched um, for for Raw probably 2016 was the first one. I'm not I'm not gonna lie, man. Um, for me, the first year I commentated the World Championships was 2016. That was the first time I watched live the World Championships was 2016 when I watched it live, like when I was commentating yeah. it. And I mm. I think you know I said this a million times on the podcast, but. Whatever it is, what it is, the hack Gibbs moment fucking turned like sold so many people too. We had a couple things when the sport blew up. That was one of them. Like how many people watched the hype on that, and then it lived up right up to the last deadlift. It was huge, and they were posting like people were having debates before the meet because they were like they were posting their videos already. Who was gonna win? And then it was like USA like was backing. It was dope, man. It was cool. I remember comments. So I was doing the, the IPF um, Instagram and I was like obviously doing King of Lifts and stuff uh, as well. So every time one of them posted, I would grab it and I would look and see if the other guy did a squat set very similar. And if they did, I was like, oh shit, we all, I'm posting these side by side. We're going to have a comparison. And people were like, fuck that Kiwi up. Like, you know, get, get all like yeah. Team Hack, Team Gibbs and like the, the hype around it. Um, yeah, man, I think I think I had somebody on here just recently. It was uh, it was either Angus or Rory, who were both coaches on uh, the New Zealand team that worked with with Brett. And I think one of them had said it was one of the few times where Gibbs was like, "I think I got a little too pulled in in terms of the social media hype." But the thing is, I mean, you couldn't blame him because before that, we had never seen uh, like social media hadn't got behind a hype job like that. Like social media yeah. wasn't. It's prominent. It'd be hard not to ride that wave and not feel pressure. Like, 
Especially when you got a guy like me who's taking your set, posting it beside yeah. you and be like, who hit it better? And then you're like, oh, fucking next week I got to go a little heavy. Next week, what did he you hit? Start, you know? You start listening for the gram for sure. And that's tough. They start listening for the gram. Yeah, it gets, it gets rough. Beat you up real quick. It's, it's um, yeah, 100%. I, I think even John said, like when I first had, I've had John on a couple times as well. And I think John had said when he came on the podcast, he watched a couple of Brett's videos. I'm like, shit, better raise my game. You know, I'm going to have to, like you just, it can get in your head. It's interesting because um, Lane Norton just made a post. I, re- I reposted it. And he said, yeah. for the first, did you see that post? I, I reposted it too. I saw it. I saw you posted it and I reposted it yeah. in my story. A lot of people are. And it, it was, it's true where, like, we are all maturing as a sport together, right? Because a lot of things are happening and we're going through it together. And, uh, like, the social media, the hype, the showdowns and everything. And I think we're starting to come full circle realizing, like, when Lane posted, for anyone who hadn't seen the post, he's like, this was the first training cycle. I hadn't hit a single PR. I hadn't hit any PRs. However, when I hit the platform, I hit all PRs. And he's like, it taught me yeah. something. It taught me something in terms of, like, don't get in your head. And, so, man, I'm guilty. I'm like, if I go to a competition and I'm, I haven't hit a single PR, you can get in your head and you're like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if, if hitting a PR is on the table or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you get like that? Because you've been in some big showdowns now. So, this whole, this prep for Raw Nat, it was the same thing for me. So, like, before, I would see Ashton post something or I'd see Bryce post something, and I'm just pushing like I don't care if the if the rep was sloppy. I didn't care if my like my hips were shooting back. Whatever form breakdown didn't matter. I was just trying to hit PRs. And then this um, but I was like I was hurting. <laughs> my knee, my knees and back were just toast all the time. So then for raw that, I um I pulled back. I didn't hit a single PR, but um I would just I knew my strength was there because I was hitting those heavy singles every week. So my my singles were still like up in the close to 700, 670 range. But um, but the rep work was just like scaled back all of it, mm. and I didn't hit one PR, and then um, I ended up hitting the five five kilo meat PR. And there it is, man. It's consistency. Me, yeah. I've noticed that too. Where yeah. if I'm chasing shit, you might hit a PR here and there, but overall, like it's gonna take you out like later on that same week when you still got a squat, you still got a bench, everything lowers yeah. a little bit, and you can. Mm-hmm. I've left my best in the gym by doing that. Go on the platform and not yeah. do nothing. Go, go with it. Yeah, sorry, you go ahead. That that technique, all that technique breakdown doesn't translate. So it's like, yeah, you're hitting a rep PR, but if you break down with 700 or like max effort on your back, you're not hitting it. So, in your nervous system as well, when you tax the shit out of it like that, it's not like a bank that's you've got infinite dollars in. You know what I mean? There, there's there's a limit yeah. to that bank account, man. You 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 you're running wild with that credit card. And then the bill's going to yeah. come, you know, so you can't, you can't, if you have X amount in that bank and you're going to blow it all in training, by the time you get to the platform, your body's like, yeah, we peaked like three weeks ago, son. <laughs> right? Exactly. Do, do you have, when you're, when you're training with, um, like getting trained under Joey, does he ever have to have these conversations with you and be like, hey man, dole it back or like what, what kind of relationship do you guys got when it comes to coach athletes? We're just we're pretty much on the same page all the time. Like by this point, I know what he wants or what he expects. Every once in a while, if I overshoot, he'll tell me like, "Hey, pull pull back." But it's just like 
it's not that often. I don't do it that much. So mm-hmm. we're pretty much on the same page. Yeah. I, I, I love when I find I find somebody who's getting coached and um they hit a single and that shit's that shit's a grinder. And I'll yeah. post it and I'm half thinking shit, I feel like I'm almost snitching on this person. And some people yeah. like a coach comes on there is like, back in the pocket you go. <laughs> You're like, hey man, that yeah. definitely wasn't the RPE I remember putting out there. You know, people yeah. <laughs> getting out of pocket. Do do you so leading internationals, were you it's funny how, because social media, obviously, Ashton's an intimidating dude. In terms of, like, smashing weights, not like as an individual, super nice guy, but in terms of, yeah, my man, when you picture a power lifter, you picture Ashton Ruska, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this dude is built like he's the Incredible Hulk, and the dude smashes weights. You want to talk about, if you're following someone on Instagram, my man runs the Ashton Ruska Invitational every damn week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I saw it live. I saw it live a lot of times. We, cause we train together, you know, at TSS in San Antonio. We used to, not anymore, but we trained together for probably like a year and a half. We're at the same gym. Mm-hmm. We get a few sessions in every once in a while together. So I've seen it. I've seen it all live. <laughs> the hype up. The he'll put his headphones in, start. He'll like walk outside, away from oh, everybody. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen him do some pretty crazy stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. When I see it on the on Instagram now, it's like I've seen it. I've seen all of it. It. it um. I mean, it's funny. I do. I've done the same thing. I've gone through like variations of what I like to do, though. Like I have been, I've been the dude who puts on headphones and I I leave into a room. Like I I isolate myself into a room and I'm pacing and I'm getting in my own head and yeah. I wait. Like I already got the weight set up waiting for me and I'm and I tell my boys like I'm gonna come back. When I come back, don't talk to me. No none. We're about to go. Get that yeah. shit ready. We're going to go. I'm not going to talk to you because I got this song queued up. And right when that, right when that point in the song that wall comes on, you know, and I'm, yeah. I've been that dude. And then I've also been the dude who's like trying to be as chill as possible. Not, not get too cool. Not, you need some. Like if you don't look at yeah. adrenaline's real. Adrenaline, when you got adrenaline in you, there's a reason why a freaking deer, when it gets adrenaline, is going to run like twice as fast. Because adrenaline hits the body, you're faster, you're stronger, whatever. So if you lift with no adrenaline, you got a problem. But there's also too much where, like, I swear to God, you feel like you already competed like seven times by the time the competition rolls around. And you're like, I'm exhausted. You know? Yeah. You got to keep that. For me in training, I try to keep like arousal levels pretty, pretty steady. It's like it's so hard for me to get hyped for something in the gym. I'm like, really? <laughs> this doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't like. I know it doesn't mean anything. Like if I hit a, a PR in the gym and I post on the gram, cool, get a lot of likes, but it it only matters to me. I get to meet day and it it just flips on on its own. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the gym, like I'll give a I'll give a couple little screams or I'll try to hide myself up, but it's never like it's never to that that walk out of the room. Yeah. No. Yeah. Try I lift on the drop. Yeah. It's not. It's it's. I know you need, here's the thing, man. Like when you've been in it for like 10 years straight, you almost, it's really hard to like when I see Kimberly Walford, sometimes she's still sometimes hitting that deadlifts, like screaming, wound up. Like she's she, like, it's like, it's meat day. But I, I mean, after like 10 years and she's been doing it just as long, it'd be really hard for me to try to make myself. It's like, you can't fake it. You can't fake the funk anymore. It's like, I need something yeah. on the line. I need some skin in the game. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. You get to meet Dan, it just, you don't even have to try. It just turns on. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in the gym, it's rough, man. It gets rough sometimes. And, and when you were training with Ashton at the time, were you a 105er? Yeah, I was on the five already. But he was actually, but he wouldn't have been right. He would have been a ninety-three. He was a ninety-three, but we had a good, we had a good group of guys. So it was like, you know, magnificent. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you've seen him on Instagram. Yeah. So it would be like just a bunch of heavy hitters, like a bunch of big dudes. Some heavy hitters. Ashton, Christian, me. Um, they had a bunch of like they would have equipped dudes training in there. You guys had shooters. Yeah. It was, yeah. You guys had shooters. I got you. I got you. It helps too. Do you have that now? Like not now because you're in lockdown, but do you have that where you're located outside of lockdown? I got a, a powerlifting gym near me. It's it's nice. I mean, it's not. I just moved here, so they're not like my boys. They're not like. I, I, you know what I mean? I was with those guys for a minute back home. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know if. Like, sometimes when you're lifting with other people, and if they're, like, strong, like, Ashton, Christian, and they're, like, serious like that, when you show up, sometimes you raise your game, too, right? Like, it's almost like in boxing MMA, yeah. you're as good as your sparring partners because they push it, because you have to be. You show up, yeah. and if you feel like you're phoning it in, but it's, it's like a gift and a curse, because kind of like we already said, it depends on as long as you're staying in the pocket, and you're not doing things yeah. because everybody around you is is smashing heavy weights you feel like you've got to smash heavy weights too as long as you stay in the pocket however it's funny how like back in the day you thought certain weights were big and then later on you're like that wasn't but that wasn't i was capable of more i just didn't believe it you know what i mean yeah. and sometimes when you're around certain people and they carry themselves like that it makes you carry yourself like that as well you just yeah. all of a sudden start believing it because you're around but if you're the big fish in a small pond, and you're smack, you could be like on your warm up weight, and people are like, oh my God. And you could get yeah. yourself into thinking you're putting your foot on the gas and actually working hard when you're not. Yeah. It's yeah. A and a yeah. It's, now that I, I train alone a lot of the time, it's like, especially now we're on lockdown, I'm like never overshooting because it's like, who, there's no one here to impress. Yeah. <laughs> it's just me. I, I feel like I could be more objective. But um yeah, when I was at TSS, like like all those big dudes there, we were all overshoot all the time. <laughs> like every every other session was like that. We were just trying to move weight, like every session. You 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 show up and it's like, what you want on that bar? You're like, yeah, you leave that weight right there, okay? Because I'm not you. You don't take a damn. You don't take a fucking nickel off that. I'm, I'm if you hit that, I'm hitting that. That's how quickly it can turn into. Right, exactly. we we've all been in that situation where the guys like, "How much you want me to take off for your set?" Well, you you're not taking it. You're not. I nah, just leave it. Yeah, you leave are. it. As a matter of fact, I will see what you got, and I will raise you a nickel. How does that sound? <laughs> Things turn turn ugly quickly. Um, I also know what you mean too. When the more you train with people, the more like they become your boys because you're gonna be around each other for a long time. I've been in, I've been in, I've been in good and bad. I've been in situations where you. Everyone becomes boys, and I've been in situations where if there's conflict or some weird, some weird shit. Look, I was just joking around about you and your boy maybe being like competitive, but you got to be careful when someone gets too competitive and sees you as competition, and then things get weird. You ever been in yeah. a situation like that where you're like, "Hey, man, you're getting a little too weird here." <laughs> right? uh, 
Nah, uh, we're all boys. Me, me and Ashton are boys, and pretty much everyone in the 105 is like, it's competition. I'm trying to win. Yeah. But it's like we're boys. We're cool. How how weird is it when you show up at nationals? Nationals like, oh yeah, we're good. Okay. Like will you guys reunite? You would you would have never known at the time that you guys are gonna be battling out at at, at the 105 nationals. Yeah, nah, we just dap it up like like usual, man, yeah. and then go handle our business. I'm, I mean, I'm not necessarily cheering for him, <laughs> no, but I, would I, I mean, but we're boys, but we're boys though. Yeah. yeah we're it boys. Is what it is. It's in it, like the, the opposite obviously would be also like Bryce who would, he actually put garbage bags on his weights and was like, I don't even want to know what the bar is loaded with. I don't know if he did that yeah. for like a super long time, but he was for a bit for a hot minute just to see. That's almost like an experiment. How would you I know he's big on like, or psychology and stuff. And I know he doesn't, I'm pretty sure he doesn't follow me or Ashton or any of the top 105 guys. But he, doesn't, like he doesn't want, he doesn't want his training to be swayed by, right. by Instagram. He, yeah. He, he, yeah. And, and he, um, man, I'm into sports science too. It's pretty, it's some pretty interesting shit. I, um, I wasn't, I didn't used to be, but I dove into, uh, like Mike Tyson wrote a book and, um, he talks about being, I don't know if it's guided meditation or hypnosis or whatever you want to talk about. I, I had Mark McQueen on and he talked about one time going to see a hypnosis, um, a hypnotist. And he got, they, they put him under and he, he was like, he had a really banged up shoulder. He went to mm-hmm. see this dude. And oh, Steffi Cohen also got into sports psychology as well. She was on the podcast and she, she talked about this. I don't know if she went to hypnotist, but she saw a sports psychologist because she had bombed out a couple times and it started rattling her. And she wanted to work on it. Mm. So anyways, um, Mark McQueen said, dude, put him under. And he's like, here's what I want you to do. What's your favorite color? And Mark's like, blue. He's like, I want you to picture you're in a blue room. All right. This guy's eyes closed. He's like, now the whole room is blue. And you're just floating in this room. Mark's like, all right. Mark's got a really fucked up shoulder. He's going to the world championships. Last year as a junior. All right. So let let me set the story for you. Last year as a junior. So he's in this room, and he's like, I want you to start inhaling big breaths. And Mark's doing it. He's like, now picture the blue off the walls is going in through your nose every time you inhale and becoming you. And he's Mark's dude picturing it. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Mark is turning blue. And he's like, keep picturing it. Now I want you to start counting. And Mark said at a certain fucking point, he doesn't know what the shit, he just woke up. Um, and the dude was like chilling there waiting for Mark to wake up, come to. And Mark's like, what happened? He's like, that's it, man. We're done. And he's like, he's like, like, but I don't know what happened. And he's like, we're done. You're good. Um, so Mark ended up being pregnant. No, I'm joking. But, um, no. so, (laughs) So, so anyways, no, but, um, so Mark left and he's like, well, I think it worked. I hope it worked, whatever. Goes to the world championships, and the guy told him, when it comes time for benching, I want you to picture your picture yourself, like start breathing in and picture blue. And just use the breaths and start counting. And Mark was in the warm-up, and like, fucking, man, like 100 kilos was banging up his shoulder. And this is the world's man. Yeah. And this is last year. 100 kilos was fucking up his shoulder. And he's like, oh, man. So he started walking. He started breathing and walking. And breathe huge breaths, and he'd close his eyes, and he'd picture it, and he'd picture the blue, and started entering his body, 
And then all, and then like his coaches were like, where the fuck is Mark? Like they knew he was in pain and like, man, they're, they're thinking he's coming unraveled, right? And he probably looked a little yeah. crazy backstage. He comes back and he like missed the whole shitload of his warm up, And he's like, they're like, are we good? And he's like, we're good. And they go, okay. So he goes out there, smashes it, breaks world records, wins the world championships. And he's like dead to rights, man. This shit works. When it comes That's to crazy. It, it makes I don't you, know. It makes you That's like try. some witchcraft shit. It's, a, it's the dark arts, my friend. It's the dark. You know what I want to know? Does it work in reverse? Can you, can you like make somebody fuck up because of it? <laughs> I just got to get close to the guy. You want? Yeah. Be careful if after Ashton sends you a voice DM, don't open it. <laughs> he's 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 got. He didn't some, hypnotize me through the phone. He's got some. He knows what your least favorite color, and he's he's gonna start talking about it. He's gonna send you. It works in reverse, but um, I read about so the book I was reading with Mike Tyson. He was talking about when he was young. He's like thirteen years old, fourteen years old. He ended up like fighting grown ass men and he was like scared as shit. And his, his mentor, Customato, did the same thing. He would say, like, Mike, I want you like lay down, close your eyes and listen to me. And he would just tell him shit over and over and over affirmations about like you're a warrior, you're strong, you're like you are Achilles, you are you are these legendary fighters. And then Mike would show up, he said, at points, he'd show up to the fight and be so afraid, because he'd be fighting like 18-year-olds when he was like 14. He'd be so afraid, he'd be throwing up, he'd be crying, full-on mental breakdown. Like, so much fear in his stomach, he'd throw up. And then by, and then walking down to the ring, like, fucking crying. And Teddy Atlas, who was his coach at the time, walking down with him, would be like, take it easy, take it easy. As soon as he dipped under the rope and came back in, into the ring, he was a god. That's what he said. Yeah. He's like, I'm a god. Now I'm a god. Yeah. And he's like, I would attack with impunity. Like, anything you were going to counter me with, I'd walk through it. You're beneath me. And he would cut people down in like 25 seconds. The same dude who had him scared shitless like he was going to, he's throwing up. He cut him down 25 yeah. seconds when the fight was on. Like he was, so reading the book, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start looking into this fucking hypnosis shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's wild. It's interesting. It's interesting. Before big competitions, like before this Raw Nationals, did you, did you get nervous? When you're flying into Chicago, is it Chi-Town? It's, I've just been doing it so long. It's like I've done this. It when I'm when I'm prepping, if I do everything right, like if I if I'm hitting all my sessions right, sticking to the RPE, eat, I mean overshoot a few times, whatever, <laughs> get my food right. Yeah, okay. I'm, that was honest. I'm getting my calories in. Yeah. I'm getting my protein in, and I'm getting my sleep. Then it's like when I get to game day, it's like, why would I not be confident? You know what I mean? It's like I, you put in the work. And then game day, it's like, yeah, I'm going to show out because cause of the way I trained. You know what I mean? Because mm. of the way I slept, because of the way I ate. So confidence is never like a an issue. Joey tells me something. He's like, hey, I'm going to put this on the bar. I'm like, all right, do it. <laughs> Load it. Load it. Okay. Was Joey hitting on you or was Tina or was both of them? I can't remember. I think it was both. They were both back there. Were they both and uh, Will. Will was back there as well. Okay. And um, so, yeah, so beforehand, you're not super nervous. I've been, it, it, you know, it works both ways for me. Sometimes I get a little nervous. Sometimes I don't. It kind of depends. I sometimes feel nervous if I'm not nervous, if that makes sense. Because I know yeah. if you don't, if you want a little bit, again, we talk about adrenaline. 
I've been to, I've been mm -hmm. to competitions where once you go to nationals and then you go to world championships, if you show up, some people can do it. Talking about Ashton, Ashton will destroy somebody's day at a local meet. <laughs> he'll show up mm -hmm. at a local meet yeah. and he can still get up and he'll break unofficial world records and be like, ah, shit. Like, you know, some poor 105 yeah. showed up. But, um, so he could do it. And that's, again, that's a mental thing. Probably like when he was in training, he puts on the, the earphones, he leaves the room. Some people could do that. They can mentally get in their head and make themselves and it doesn't matter. Other times, yeah. like, I'm kind of like you, the way you described it, where I can't fabricate that in my mind's eye. So if I go to a local meet, if I don't got skin in the game, like, I have a shitty day. It's real difficult. I need something I'm chasing. Yeah. And when it's, if, yeah. I, if I show up a competition, if I don't feel nervous, it might, man, let me throw it back to the Mike Tyson book. Because he, he actually studied this stuff and read books on it. Um, he said, mm -hmm. people think they don't want to have fear. And people think they don't want to have anxiety. You do. Fear and anxiety is your friend. You need to feel it. People are like, Mike, I've had six, seven fights. When does the feeling go away? He's like, you don't want the feeling. You want, to be, you want friends with that shit. Because you're gonna be, you're never gonna yeah. be sharper. For him, you're never more sharper in reading. Like I'm so scared when I'm in there. When you drop your shoulder before you jab, I'm so fucking scared. I'm hyper focused. I'm picking shit up like that. I would never pick up if I'm loose. But now I'm keying in. Like oh, you, yeah. you drop your shoulder a little bit every time you throw that hook. Now I see the hook coming, mm -hmm. and I'm so whatever yeah. hyper visual. He's like, it's a good thing. Same with powerlifting, where if you're not a little bit scared, where are you gonna get that adrenaline from? It's like you're back in the yeah. Gym. It, my like my my arousal is definitely high higher in the in a big meet. You know what I mean? Uh, probably most on squat, just because that's the only lift that can literally like crush you. You know what I mean? The other two, it's like you miss a you miss a deadlift, probably nothing's gonna happen to you. You miss a bench, you miss a squat, <laughs> you come down with a with seven hundred pounds on your back. That's uh, pretty it gets iffy. Yeah, but um. Yeah, my arousal level was high, and then and then at the local meet, like you were saying, you need to chase something. For me, it's like I was about to do a local meet uh, about a month ago before everything got canceled, but I was chasing that the world record total as well. Mm. So it's like you had that arousal still there, even though it's local. There's not a lot of people there. There's not a lot of competition there, but you still have that that mental that mental competition. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You need something. You yeah, you need something. something. I've been in like, I've been in local meet and gone for like records and whatnot, and then it's still there then. But um, so maybe that's why Ashton can still get up because he's got a goal at least. But you do need something. If it's just for the fuck of it, yeah, you're in trouble. I know what it, you mean. It changes like it changes every after everything I do. So like let's say once I total two thousand, I'm just gonna change the bar. Is just gonna change. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll be like a thousand thousand kilos, like something stupid, just to like keep me keep me training hard. Otherwise, what, what are we doing here? It is, um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I 100% get it. And I also get what you mean when you said, in terms of squats, there's nothing quite like, like, yeah, if it's a bench, even though you're pulling the weight off and it's over your chest, it's not as scary for some fights, for some reason. You got spotters. If it's a deadlift, if you can't get it, you put it down. Like, it's not. Yeah, you, you put it down. You just yeah. put it down, man. It's all good. That's probably the least scariest is the deadlift. You, you just give it, you, yeah. if you get pinned by a deadlift, you just give a couple tugs in the bar and be like, yeah, all right, that's not gonna, you wave to the crowd, yeah. you know, it's embarrassing, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. damn it, there's nothing worse. Is there anything worse in sports? That's like shooting in basketball in total air ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Air ball, yeah. 
<laughs> where it's like, hey, pass the ball to Mikey. Mikey D, you got us, right? Yeah, I got you. I got you. We're going to take it down the court. Drive it down the court. Get into the paint. Toss, toss, me, the, toss me the rock. And it's a fucking air ball. He waved to the crowd. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. There's there's almost nothing worse than in powerlifting. And I've seen it as a commentator. Sometimes you see that shit. But it's it's not... It's embarrassing, but you're not scared, scared. When you walk out of big yeah. ass squat, there's nothing quite like walking that out, feel yeah. the weight on the back and be like, oh, damn. It's different. It's a different feeling, for sure. You know, uh, the 2016 World Championships, actually. Do you remember when Kelly Branton... At, at that World Championships, did you see the super heavyweights with Ray, Kelly? Um, I don't know if Jezza was there that year, but did you see that? Did, that, did he load a 1,000 at that meet? Um, did he, he didn't load a 1,000, but that's the meet where Kelly Brain got, like, like he, he failed the squat. And the fucking bar, it was just too damn heavy. So the way that he, he failed, he couldn't get up, but they also couldn't get him out of the squat. Like, he... he yeah. projected out of there, hit the ground, started convulsing, became like, oh, went viral. I don't know if you've seen yeah. it. And I was commentating and I was like, holy smokes, man. And like Kelly's like, I knew yeah. Kelly around because he's Canadian. So you're like, this is a dude you know. He hit the ground, was convulsing. It was scary shit. And um, and that, that video went viral. The dude who was spotting him behind him was Trey Thomas. A young ass Trey Thomas. Yeah. The uh, the silver medalist in the one twenty plus. Okay. Country muscle train. The band, oh okay okay okay. Country muscle train who went toe to toe with Ray Williams later on, like it, it took the silver medal at the at U.S. Raw Nats. Um, he had, dude, you want to talk about a trial by by fire? My, the man had never powerlifted before in his life and just wanted to fucking help out a little bit and was like, yeah, I'll do some, I'll do some spotting. Was in yeah. it was the world championships. These guys got like damn near a thousand pounds on the back, and he's like, yeah. I asked him like, how scared were you? He's like, I was okay until the weight started getting loaded, and then the dudes came out, and he's like, yeah. no, nobody wanted them to hit their squats more than me, not even them. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, please God, give this kid the strength. Yeah, spotting for big squats is that shit scary, Dude. especially if they have like a. A fast descent, you know those people that just dive bomb. You're, you're like trying to keep up with them. Yeah, yeah, man, you would be so on edge. And then he said, um, when Kelly didn't make it up, and Kelly was like stuck under the weight, he like pushed Kelly with his knee and projected him out because he couldn't get out of the weight. Like the weight, yeah. like literally, it's just the way gravity goes was squishing him. And and people are like, you gotta, do, you have like three seconds. You gotta do something. You gotta do something now. And he's like, fuck it. I just need him out of there. Had the weight in my arms. <laughs> like like the, the world's worst Zerker squat. He had like an assisted yeah. Zerker squat with a thousand pounds. And then, um, so that was Kelly. Then Ray comes up with more weight. And I'm like, and this shit went viral. Like this was, this was crazy. That does that. I was a commentator and you could cut the tension with a knife. When Ray came out, I'm like, what were you thinking then? He's like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know when Ray starts getting ready, like stomping his feet, like he's a bull about to yeah. charge. He's like, "Holy shit, man! I hope this guy hits this." He's, he's like, "Don't fail." It's 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 nerve wracking. Yeah. It's nerve wracking. When, when the battle was on for the U.S. Raw Nationals for you, then are you starting to feel it when you're in the warm up room? Like at some point, you start feeling like, "All right." It's a it's a switch for sure. 
Like, it turns on, and I'm ready. Yeah. But I wouldn't say, I just feel like nervous is the wrong word, because I'm not, like, I'm not nervous to, like, fail or nervous to, like, look stupid. Or, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm ready, confident. Yeah. Arousal is high. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. it's, it's interesting you said, so, Randy Couture is the UFC champion. He says, like, he was in interviews, and that's some scary shit. Like, that's scary because, like, you... If you lose in powerlifting, what happened? Man? What happens to you? You're all, you lose, you're good. Yeah, you lose your life in UFC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hope, yeah. Or, or you could be like me, handing your boy your keys, be like, you got to drive home. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not right right now. Um, so he said when he would feel nervousness, that's a negative word. Nervous, being nervous is negative. But the difference between, like, in terms of how it feels to be excited and nervous is very similar. Very mm. similar. If you're really excited, yeah. you can't eat. Because you're you're so excited. If you're really excited, it's hard. To, you can't sleep. You're so damn excited. The next day is Christmas, whatever the shit. Um, so it's very similar. So to stay positive, if someone says, "Are you nervous?" Be like, "No, I'm excited. I'm excited." You're, yeah. not, you're not eating much. You're not. You're not. Yeah, I'm just really excited. You know. You don't yeah. be negative. Don't be. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use a positive. Yeah, that's a good way. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It is because when you, man, when once you start going that negative frame, you start picturing negative shit. It's, it becomes addictive. The mind starts. Yeah. You, you just even the way you talk about yourself and about situations can greatly change what's going to happen. Yeah, we getting yeah. we getting deep into some sports psychology shit today. Yeah, I, I think another thing that I do, and this is something I started doing probably I probably started doing like four years ago. So I used to not be able to sleep before meets ever. Same. Like I would stay up all night. I probably get like three to four hours of okay. every meet. I started just like. I used to hype meets up, like, oh, we got Nats. Six, it'd be like six or eight months out. I'd be hyping the meetup. So then that day finally gets there, and you're so hyped. I've just been like, now I kind of just downplay them. I'm just like, just Nats, whatever. Like, I'm gonna go compete. I, I train hard. I, I mean, I I do all the stuff right, but it's just I, in my head I downplay it a little bit. So then the night before, it's not like this big peak of yeah. of arousal that I've been like building towards for eight months or something crazy like that. And then I sleep better. It makes cutting weight easier, right? If you're like not all nervous and just makes everything a little smoother. Uh, yeah, like nervousness, stress creates cortisol levels. Cortisol levels make you hang on to water. That's another thing that when I was throwing it back, when I was losing my shit because it was so damn heavy, and Joey had to uh, like get a hold of me and be like, hey, brother, your cortisol, <laughs> judging by your messages you're sending me, your cortisol levels are probably through the roof. You got to calm down. You know, you're not gonna lose any. Ew, yeah, yeah. You you are gonna be like a fucking cactus retaining water. You gotta calm down. And sometimes you just need, even though you know it, you need somebody else to jump in there and tell you, "We're good. We're all yeah. right. Relax. Bring the cortisol levels down." I know you mean too. I've done that, man. Hype things up beyond what they really were, and you're like, "I need this. This is gonna make me or break me or whatever the shit." It comes and goes. Yeah. Whether it was amazing or whether it was a shit day, you realize, like, the next day comes, the next competition is scheduled, and none of that matters already. And you, like, hyped it up. Instead of just enjoying the day in the process, you really built that shit into something it wasn't in your head. You know? Mm -hmm. I've done that, too. Yeah. Do you you feel like – how do you feel like – because some people don't like to – like, I've had conversations having people on the podcast, having multiple people in the same weight class – on the same podcast like I did with the 74 Kilo Boys. I know everybody talks about, I hike the shit out of the 74 Kilo Boys, right? 
And I did. Yeah. And I did. But they, there's some characters, so it makes it easier. But it, it, here's, here's the thing. Here's a double-edged sword. Let me know how you feel about this. If you go into a competition and you talk shit like the 74 Kilo Boys and you and you make it, like, you know, you just talked about, don't make it too big and, and you won't feel the pressure. You'll be able to sleep. You'll be able to eat. You'll be able to perform, not overthink it. And yeah. some guys, like the 74 Kilo Boys are like, if we actually talk shit, we actually go on the same podcast together. And I've reached out to some people like, do you guys all want to do a podcast? A lot of people are like, I don't know if I want to do it with other people in my weight class. Might get in my head a little bit. I'm trying to stay focused. Yeah. I, just, I respect that. This thing is like, he'd be tough. Like you can, everybody was talking about the 74 kilo boys because they were doing that, hyping it up, talking shit the whole night. Flip side, you can't really pretend it's not a big deal when you're saying all the time what you're going to do. I'm going to crush this guy. This dude squats high. Yeah. Um, this dude consistently doesn't make it. Um, blah, blah, blah. Like, what do you feel about that? Because it, it helps. Like, in terms of actually creating viewership, it fucking worked. And it was dope. However, we can't pretend it, it's going to impact you, right? Yeah, I think it would impact me. But I also think you could have me on there with... If I was on there with Ashton and Bryce or whoever else, Garrett Blevins, whoever... I just feel like we would be... We're just too nice. Like, yeah. We'd just be like... We'd be cool so it wouldn't be... I don't know. Yeah, that, you, you got I don't know. It, would, it wouldn't affect me like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's good, too. Here's the thing. Um, I don't really need... Nobody's got to talk shit. You just to hype it yeah. up. It doesn't even have to be like that. It can easily be yeah. um, like, hey, look, I think I'm going to win, but I think, you know, you just basically... You can be confident in yourself without putting somebody else down. You know what I mean? Yeah. However, sometimes... Yeah, that, would, that wouldn't bother me. No. I don't, like, I don't I yeah. think everybody already thinks they're... You have to believe in yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right? What? So, yeah. I mean, I whatever. Maybe next time the 105s roll around, maybe we do have the 105 kilo boys on there. Or, or whoever whoever want to be in. Because you're 100% right. Bryce isn't going to talk shit. He's not that guy. He's he's a, new, he's a nice dude. He, you know, he hopes the best for everybody. Ashton is as fucking nice a guy as you're going to... Like, the dude looks like a yeah. monster. But he isn't that dude neither. You know? And, and But, yeah. Like, you guys probably would be like... I've had some other 105s. And it wasn't, it wasn't all shit talking. It was just, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I do get, some people are able to, like a Conor McGregor scenario, he will ratchet up the heat, ratchet up the shit talking, ratchet up the tension to the point of like boiling. And he mm. knows come the day of, he'll turn it off and just do his thing because he's done it several times. But he's, he's banking and betting, can you though? How are you going to do? Now, yeah. We all know Khabib was fine with it. But Eddie Alvarez yeah. and how many, and Aldo and all these other guys who are world champions were not. So it's one yeah. of these risky, again, sports psychology. Let's mm. see what happens. Let me, let me see. Do you get, do you get rattled? Do you, you know, like I think a Ricky Cho is a little like a Connor where he's like, look, it may, maybe this doesn't affect you. Maybe it doesn't bother you. But if I talk shit, if I talk enough shit, are you loading up the bar a little too much in training? Because I keep talking shit. When the day comes, yeah. When the day comes, are you telling yourself, "Fuck, I don't want to lose to this guy"? Does that take your sleep a little yeah. bit? Do you think about? Do you take? Do, does that take your sleep a little bit? Take your food away a little bit because you're worried about losing to me? Because I'll turn it off. Yeah. And I don't give a shit. Like that's what I wonder if a guy like Ricky Cho is like, "If I maybe it doesn't bother you. Maybe the worst I do is just hype the shit out of our showdown. Good. If that's where it ends, or yeah, maybe I hype the shit out of it and I get in your head a little bit." 
Right. Yeah, I think I think that's probably what he's thinking, and it's like if you can handle the pressure that you're putting on, because you're putting pressure on yourself. Right. If you can handle. That's right. fine. I guess it's fine for you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be the dude who makes it crazy pressure, and you're the guy who can't sleep at night. <laughs> that's exactly. Like, exactly. Uh oh. Right. You got to be able to shut that off. You got to know yourself. What? How do you? How would you feel if somebody was coming at you like that? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. What, what I'm, gonna do, I'm gonna keep doing the same thing. I'm gonna keep doing the same thing I've been doing. Yeah. yeah. I just mind my business, put in the work. It it, it would be kind of like, look at, hey, fight it, good. You're gonna hype us up. People will show up, and I don't even gotta do the work. You're gonna put the pressure on yourself. Cool. I'm gonna be the same, yeah. anyways. Would you? Would you yeah. take it? Would you take it personally, or would you be be like, whatever? Do you think? I I mean, we talk we talk a little trash at the gym, like when I was back in San Antonio. Me and Ashton would talk trash. Me and, and Christian would talk trash, but it was never like more than just, that's you know what, what I mean? Like friendly stuff. That's what boys do. You don't have guy yeah. friends. Guy friends are fucking, can be like so mean to, dude, I grew up with a brother. We got guy friends. You talk shit. That's what you do, right? Yeah. It is what it is. It's kind of the way the way things go. Um, how do you feel about, I want to get your, ask you also, about uh, the the Nationals no longer having qualifications, how do you feel about that? I know. Um, I don't want to. I get sketched that they're trying to make us pay so soon. That's what I. That's like the big thing that I'm. Well, what is, what is that? Tell me, because I'm not American, so it doesn't really affect me. I see it in there, so they won't. I'm pretty sure. Me. I'm pretty sure the date was like May fifteenth. And then, so we pay by May 15th. So, like, if you already have a qualifying total, so anyone who went to the last national, if you pay by May 15th, you're in. Then they're going to open it up to everyone who has a total to fill the rest of the spot. Ah, uh, got you. And they, so it's not just like, so the people that qualified are getting their spot. But the thing that's weird to me is like, okay, so the state of everything right now, we don't really know when anything's going to open up. Right, and even if even if everything's open, it's like, are they going to allow a gathering of three thousand plus people, or however big it's going to be? So it's like, why? Oh, I don't know why they're trying to take our money in May. The meet's not till October. Mm. Is there refunds? Know. Is there possible refunds if they? I'm not sure on the refund stuff. Okay. I know for I know for collegiate that they people are having a hard time getting their money back mm. because. Whoever's putting the meat on is probably spending that money to put the meat on. Yeah. I'd be spent already, right, on deposits or whatever. And if they're not getting refunds, how, how are they going to give you a refund? Right. And then um, and then people could, like, when, when it comes to competitions that big, there's not a shitload of people who are in the market to run them because it's just so big. It's just so much to put on. If you bankrupt a couple of those people <laughs> because cause, cause they spread out, rented, put on deposits, et cetera, um, deposits on everything – and there's probably so many things that we can't even think of because we're not running it. You bankrupt a few of those guys in one year, a few of those guys, girls, in, in the same year, it'd be like, all right, well, good luck 2021 because nobody's raising their hand yeah. to take on the meat like yeah. that. That's not a small project. That's yeah. a full year of putting it together. So I see both sides, man. It's it's I I don't know logistically what goes into running a meat like that. So I don't know what's the fairest for, for all parties. Here's the, here's the thing. Yeah. The person putting on the competition has got a small team. The person who's paying the lifters is like thousands. So there's a lot more voices on the one side. 
right? So you're going to hear a lot yeah. more on the one side than the other. Um, so what about, so in terms of, if you're already qualified, you get to go first. So it sounds like there's going to be a cap. Is that what it is where it's like, that's what they that's what they said, okay. but they but I don't know the number or they haven't like put the number out. Hmm. We'll have to decide on that after the fact, I guess. We'll see how many people mm. signed up. Probably on I mean, the fifteenth. I'm sure they'll probably try to make it as big as last year. Yeah. About the same size. And do you think it? If do, how are your thoughts on people who are quote unquote would not ordinarily be qualified showing up at a national competition? I mean, I don't care. It's, everyone knows what it is when you go to Nats, right? Like, the morning session, yeah, there's a couple good guys, but that's it. And then everything's about prime time. So it's like, what's the difference if there's more guys in the morning session when it, the morning session doesn't – a lot of it doesn't matter that much towards mm-hmm. the top open, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I think Shonda Rainier posted saying, um, like, some people were feeling as though – Oh, it, it might degrade what a national level championship is. Like, it doesn't feel like a nationals if you don't have to qualify. And as Sean was saying, look, it kind of yes, kind of no. Most kind of like you said, there's a few people who are going to be in the daytime who are contenders um, for for placement in terms of nationally ranked. But mostly, if you want to look at it as qualifying, you qualify for prime time, and then you're a legit yeah. contender in terms of. Yeah. Um, degrading or downgrading the significance. I, I believe I don't want to misparaphrase. This is kind of what I got from his post when he's saying somewhere along the lines of, it's kind of like if you make prime time, that's really when you're tip of the spear. If you want to be like national level, you make prime time, and it's like okay, you're yeah. legit. You're probably top ten or whatever the hell it's going to be. So I agree. I don't think it it brings it down or whatever. It's again, it's tough, man, because they got to. They need a certain amount of lifters to cover cover the bases, you know, that to put mm-hmm. out checks and whatnot. And, and, and you want yeah. people want the high level quality that the Nationals is, and you want the sponsors yeah. and everyone involved. The reason why they can afford that and the sponsors and the high production value is because they got all those people. And if they're how like, many lifters are there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you if you can't fill that roster, I mean, which mm-hmm. one do you want to go? And, and they're also looking at it as. Um, like we're shut down. How many people are going to be like, well, it's great. I would love to qualify, but we've been shut down almost damn near the whole year. What if we open up yeah. for nationals? Like you can't really be like, well, you're not qualified. I couldn't, what was I going to do to qualify? There's no me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? Yeah. So I, I don't really mind. I don't mind that part. I don't mind the, I just don't know. I just feel like it's so up in the air at, still at this point, like what's going to happen in October or whenever the meet's supposed to be. So, I'm not. I'm not even sure if I'm gonna sign up. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know neither. This is this is some. I don't know. Yeah. 2020. Who the fuck knows? You hear Kim Jong Un? I think I got his name right. You hear my man's is on like life support. It might be dying. I just saw a post. It was TMZ, so who knows that he was already dead oh. this morning. But dude, is this breaking? But that was Mikey D with the break with the breaking nah. news. <laughs> but it was. <laughs> It was TMZ though, so who knows? Who knows? Let me see. It's on Twitter. Wow, you might be right. Yeah, it says dead after botched botched heart surgery. A botched dog. Somebody's gonna lose their fucking head. You know that's a bad oh. that's a bad surgery to botch, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> right? He's a, yeah. So if he dies, 
I'm told his sister goes in. I, I have no idea how it works. Is that how it works? I think so. Dude, it's not dem- it's not democratic, I'll tell you that right now. It isn't who do you guys yeah. feel is the best person in this position? It's it's gonna be this yeah. person. They're just telling you this is who it is. There isn't a shitload of, of women in power in um in big nations. That's one of the big ones that I can that think of. That might be the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Dang. I hope she's all right though, because that yeah. King Jong Un dynasty wasn't exactly <laughs> was wasn't yeah. exactly open for suggestions. Put it that way. People got to pretend they when when people won in the Olympics. And they're like, who do you want to thank? They all said, I want to thank our supreme overlord, blah, 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 like King John Irwin, only, only him. Only him. That's it. Through his graces. They were they were putting out news releases that um, he went and shot some golf and hit a hole in one every single hole. Oh. <laughs> they were just down there catching him and putting him in. <laughs> they got dudes like, shit, okay. Jogging over, dropping it in, another hole in one. How you like that? But uh, yeah, he wasn't exactly the most healthy dude, was he? My man's was just yeah. a stitch overweight. Little heavy. My man's, little bit. My man's was like permanent vacation in Mexico. My man, he was not making his one. Yeah, that's what he was. Okay, it would have. It would have. T- <laughs> my man's would have been hitting up Joey Flex. All right, we're a little heavy. We're coming in a little heavy. What are we doing here? My cortisol levels are high right now. I'm a little stressed. Coming in one twenty plus. Okay. So do you, um, cause I know Ashton wasn't, did, how did it work out? Did you go, are you on a world team or not a world team? Cause you ended up at nationals. Actually, you know what, before we, before we jump ahead, looking ahead, talk about what happened at the end there when you snuck in there and, and, and took that silver medal from Ashton and, uh, put yourself in second place at the, at the one of fives. And not only that, was that, did you think that, you know, it could fold, unfold like that? But everybody's looking at Bryce Nashton. We, we knew that's usually how it goes because, like, if two two guys are battling it out, you know Ashton's not – he's going to pull for the win. Oh, yeah. You know he is. So, in our heads, we were like, all right, well, let's just pull to beat his second, his second attempt deadlift, and then who knows if he hits this last one. So, that yeah, that was pretty much the plan. And we kind of knew that the whole time that we could, like, sneak in and – we were even thinking, like, in my head, first is always open, especially when it's that close. Because it's like, well, same thing happened with Bryce, right? Like, he could be pulling to beat Ashton. They could pull to beat each other. They could both miss. Oh, snap. So, yeah, so it was it was in our heads the whole time that we might be able to sneak in extra plates or two. And that's really what you got to do when you're – because when you're, when you're walking in there, and this is sports, that's why fucking nominations and everyone's like – you know, you, this is sportsman. You can throw them right out the window. Anything can happen on day of. You just stay tight. If you're yeah. in third place, fourth place, even if you're top five, stay close, stay tight. People miss lifts. The percentages of people oh. who, if you miss your third squat, it's like 58% you're going to miss your third dead. Or if you're pulling for the win, stay tight because some of these guys have to and girls have to make a decision if you're going to threaten gold or defend silver. Guy like Ashton's going out on the shield. He's going. Yeah, he's going out. He's going for gold. Yeah, every time. And then you could be like, "Well, thank you very much. I think I'll I'll pull for your silver then." <laughs> yeah, I'll snag a silver medal. I'll snag a silver. I'll snag that silver. Thank you very much. What was what was that? I love Tina's post when she wrote a note and it said, "Hey, you, chunky boy, use your your phones." <laughs> what was, 
<laughs> what was that? Something you forgot your earphones? And what was going on there? Oh, that's just like every time I'm about to go out and live, I just hand my headphones to Tina or Joey. And then they kept them. We just we just forgot about it. So they had to mail them over to me. Oh, snap. Okay. You straight yeah. up left the building. You took your silver medal and were handing out high fives and left the building with, like, leaving that everything behind. Yeah. I've done that. When I was in Belarus at the World Championships, I didn't have my belt for what I think my belt broke last minute. And my boy lent me his belt. And I, like, just fucking his belt in Belarus to this day. <laughs> yeah. He's like, dude, where's my belt at? I mean, I left it in Eastern Europe. You don't know when you're going to yeah. be there and you need a belt. You're welcome, man. You, you know, right? Just, There's a lot of stuff. I've, I've lost a few phone rollers. You lose everything. There's so many damn people back there. It's the last, it's the, man, when you're at, when you're exhausted and you're on emotional high, that's the last thing. You know I me, mean? I've had, you know, how much, I remember my one boy had like $35 worth of refeed food he brought in the warm-up room. I'm like, dog, did you yeah. do your groceries before you came here? Why do you have so much food here right now? And at the end of the competition, yeah. I'm like, what do you want to do with this shit? Are you giving this to the homeless, like, my man's guy, it was insane, dude. I'm like, who are you right now? Do you want to be like Ray Williams by the time you're deadlifting? What's the plan here? Because it was, in, it was yeah. insane. He's like, I might get hungry. Are you like feeding everybody? What's, what's going on? He's like, I'm like, what do you want to do? He's like, just leave it. Somebody might eat it. I'm like, maybe. Alright. <laughs> so what, was that your best competition, by the way? Probably, right? But if you look back. Yeah. Was, yeah? Was that? If you're looking back, is that your finest hour so far in powerlifting? Oh, for sure. I mean, when I got my first two junior titles, that was pretty cool. But in terms of just performance, yeah, that was my best one. How much How much crazier is it being in the open than the juniors? Oh, it's nine day. I, my first two juniors that I won was, like, not even really close. Mm. Like 40, 40 keys or something, 30 keys. Damn. But, yeah, the open just, like... The Open 105 is so stacked. Everyone, I feel like pretty much anyone can, from Blevins, even Blevins, he wasn't there this past year. Um, Eli Burke. He's a world champion. Like all, yeah, all all top five of those guys can snag gold at any time. I feel like Burke is a big, if he competes, he's like contention for, for gold. The way he looks for um, Sheffield. Oh, dude, he, he was a monster. Yeah. Dog, I'm so gutted that Sheffield didn't happen for a guy like him. He looked like a damn monster, dude. He was, yeah. He's like a crane when it comes to deadlifts. And Eli Burks, you want yeah. to talk about nice dudes. Before I actually met Eli, I thought Eli, because like, he's he's a fucking savage when he deadlifts. And he looks like a yeah. gorilla. Like he's so big, yeah. jacked, and just shifting yeah. ungodly weight. And like everyone looks intimidating when they're lifting. You meet him in real life. The guy, you know, you know that nice guy voice. It's like the best way I could describe that voice, where it's like, yeah. "Hi, how are you?" Uh, you know that that whatever. Yeah. You yeah. Where you were like, "Take my money. I trust you with my life." You know what I'm saying? Here's yeah. my bank account information. You just trust the shit out of him for some reason. Um, dude is so goddamn nice. It's insane. He's a doctor who runs. I don't want to make this up. Miss Cook. It's been a hot minute since he's been on the podcast, but. He like runs some kind of a center and he puts in so many hours volunteer and like he is such a fucking nice guy. I remember at the I remember the dude's too nice, man. I remember at the world championships. He was backstage in the warm-up room with his headphones on, and um he was like pulling for he he didn't know 
that he'd already won by the second deadlift. They didn't tell him because he'll take his foot off the gas, right? So yeah. he's pacing around, getting himself ready. And I'm like an idiot. I like ran behind after I'm done commentating in between sessions. And like, I should have just let him be his dude. Like he's in the zone. And I'm like, hey, Eli. And then I'm like, what am I fucking doing? Let him do his thing. He's, he's pulling for the world championship for God's sake. And I turn around and he's like, yeah. taking his earphones. Like, yes, Ryan? Ryan? Yes, yes, sir? And I'm like, <laughs> he's such a nice guy. He couldn't, he couldn't no sell me. I've been back there. My man, someone tries to talk to me, I'll, I'll just like look through them like they're a ghost and it doesn't... Yeah, I'm not trying to talk I'm, to nobody. I'm not pulling off the earphones for shit. I really don't care. This dude was like, wanted to make sure that my feelings weren't hurt, that he no-sold me. So we like stopped, turned around, took his earphones off. Yeah? How, how, are, you, how are you, right? How, how are you, how's it going yeah. out there with the commentating? I'm like, are you? Dog, I feel bad. I shouldn't have fucked up your, your mojo. Do your thing. But um, yeah, he's a super nice guy. Do feel gutted for him, but you're right. The one of fives is absolutely stacked. People hit me up all the time. I was shocked to find out there's actually, um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, more 105s competing in 2019 than there was 74s or 83s. It's the or 93s. It was the most populated weight class, which you would think because oh, you, you guys are some big dudes. You think there were fewer yeah. you guys walking around. Dog, that's how stacked the 105s are, let alone worldwide. A mil- yeah. Do you pay attention to Europe? Like Emil Norland and uh, Mr. Yeah, Dennis I follow Norland. him. Dog. He's pretty crazy. Dog. He's pretty Dog. crazy. They some big lifters. And they ain't back in that. Yeah. Emil's, he, he's a, a confident son of a, son of a gun himself, dude. You know yeah. what I mean? He, he, he's, he's strong. He's strong. We, our totals are, our best totals are even. Exactly. Oh. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm all, I look out for him. I look out for Ashton, of course. He's a, he's a young ass dude too, and when he like, the worlds was in Sweden, and he was a, a junior at the worlds. And man, there was something about that kid. I didn't know about him before the world championships. When he hit the yeah. platform, he like you know some dudes they hit the platform, they got that weird swagger where you like, the, this yeah. kid knows like there's something about yeah, this yeah, kid. Yeah. And he was like all like he would hit his third and be smiling, and the fucking crowd loved this guy. On the dead that was in his hometown, right? It was a hometown dog. He, the, yeah. the crowd was like for deadlifts. He skipped his second attempt and came out for his third. That's an all or nothing play because he just wanted to be ready. He's like, I'm, I'm going out on my shield and I'm pulling for gold and that and that's that. So I don't need a second. It's like, well, what, what if you miss your third and you? He's like, well, well, no. But listen, you're not hearing me. I'm pulling for gold. You know what I mean? That was his attitude. It was like, so let me let me save my energy because I, I, we're loading up. And we're pulling what we want to pull and hit that gold medal. And by the time that shit got to his knees, he started shaking his head, looking at the crowd like this. And everyone knew it was all or nothing. Yeah. And the crowd, my man, was going bonkers for this cat. Um, he's a charismatic dude, man. Dime piece. Yeah. All the girls love him. Dude's a dime piece. Takes off his, if he takes off his shirt, you better watch your girl. Okay, you got to watch your girl. That's, he's, he's a dime piece dude. And he also, we're talking about how Ashton's a phenom dude. Ash, I remember posting something about, like, I posted one of his videos. I'm like, could he go toe-to-toe with Ashton, you know, at the Worlds? And then um, Ashton said something like, oh, who knows, maybe we'll find out. And he was like, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's fuck it. He's not yeah, backing yeah. down, man. He's also confident, you know. So it's, um, yeah. it's good, man. The 105s is absolutely stacked. Is that your goal to get to the World Championships? Oh, yeah, that's the goal, for sure. I went once as a junior, but... Now that I'm in open, I feel like juniors, nothing in juniors matters, really. 
So, <laughs> so that, that's the goal, the yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. It is, the, the toughest part is you got to go through the U.S. Yeah. Like, how many world champions in the 105s? Dude, even Blevins broke the, the world record total. And then Eli's a multiple-time 105 world champion. Bryce is a multiple-time 105 world champion. Ashton Ruska was created in a laboratory. Okay? So, yeah. it's, it, like, the 105s in the U.S. is like the... That might be the toughest division to win in the U.S. Yeah. That, that's... Much the, free, yeah. It, it, it is. But you... But, so, wh- where do you see? Is that the... Like, when you were all said and done, this is a question I always ask everybody, whoever comes on the podcast. All is said and done, and you're looking back at your career. Let me double it up. A... What accomplishments do you want to hit? B, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, I want to go, I think I'm going to get to a point where I'm just winning world titles. That's like, I think Ashton might, I feel like he should be a 93, honestly. We should talk him into it. But, yeah, let's talk him into it. <laughs> but um, I think long term it's going to be me and Ashton back and forth here in the U.S., all the older guys, eventually, I don't know if they're gonna, if they're gonna retire or what, or they're just gonna get older. But I think me and Ashton go head to head, few world titles, and then. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys could be that next rivalry, the back and forth. I think for me, it's like, I want to be one of the best, if not the best, the one hundred five, mm. when I finish, and then, eventually that'll get passed up. But at the when I finish, best one hundred five. And, and there's, there's a possibility. Oh shit! I I I, I spoke too like soon. Like like just the best 105. Sp- yeah. Spoke spoke too soon, sir. The go 105. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the plan. I mean, I feel like the goal has to be big. That's you. That's how it is with my like for my total. I feel like I always set a goal that almost seems impossible. Mm. And then even if I miss, it's like okay, you're still you got second in the nation. You know what I mean? You missed, but it was like. Still high enough to be to get second, so yeah, that has to be the goal. It, it, you got you need enough that when you're done your plate, you're still hungry, right? Like if you if you don't yeah. hit your goal, you're still hungry. You got look at me. You got to wake up the next day and keep grinding and keep working. Um, so yeah, it's okay. And like fuck yeah, exactly. Second in the nation when it's the 105s. You know, at 24 years old, you are right. Um, Bryce is in his 30s. Eli's in his 30s. You know, these fellas are older. So those fellas eventually, whether whether or not, however long they want to grind it out, eventually you're going to age out and you got the age there. And then you and Ashton, I mean, you already seen in sports, man, you could, you've already beaten Ashton in a head-to-head matchup. And he's, I mean, he's obviously, he could obviously win as well. But you can foresee when people look at it, this is what builds confidence. When you look at it and people are like, oh my God, it's Ashton though. You're like, yeah, but this is sports, man. Shit happens like this all the time. It doesn't matter nominations. When you start getting dirty into the in the field and you're actually playing the game, anything can happen. You know, yeah. one one person could well, you guys can go back and forth like a rivalry. He wins titles, you win titles at twenty four years old, by the time you're thirty four years old, who knows me? Yeah. And, and how do you want to be remembered? Like what I just said. Yeah, the go. The best 105, yeah. The best 105, that's it? All right, hey, you don't need much more than that. Numbers don't lie. No, nah, that's it. That's Numbers it, yeah. don't lie. 
Listen, um, appreciate it. We're running on 90 minutes here. Is there anybody that you want to thank? But well, we got you on here. Oh, shout out to my coach, Joey Flex. Oh, man, put me on. Big, big reason for the world titles. I mean, the national titles. And, uh, and yeah, now I'm actually, I work under him as a coach. So he took me on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took me on the team. So shout out to him. And that's it, man. How can people hit you up if they want to get coaching you? Uh, email him. His email is in his bio. Okay. Email him. And, and if you want coaching for me, just Tell mention me. Sounds good, my friend. And if people want to follow you on sh- social media, how do they find you? My Instagram is, let me make sure I get it right. Get that right. Hey, you know, I, Doug, how many times did I mess up your name when I was reposting? Holy shit, sir. Oh, you called me Mickey at least. Dude. At least this time. Dude, you were going to start to get a, a, a complex with who am I anymore. I kept calling. Why did I keep, I swear to God, I think my autocorrect wanted it to fucking be Mickey. Um, and I just. You kept adding a C in there, yeah. I kept adding a C in there. And remember, remember the one time um, I put it in my Instagram I was uh I was commenting on Mike T did like a huge front squat and um, I just replied back to his story and said hey man I thought I said hey man nice nice job with like three exclamation marks and then um, and then I seen he seen it and then I actually read what I wrote and the fucking autocorrect changed it hey man nice knob and I was like oh shit <laughs> oh damn and I was like, I just sexually harassed my teeth. And I seen he seen it. And I was like, job, job. I made job. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, man. And then I put, that's when I put uh, Mickey. And you were like, dude, I'm pretty sure six-pack lab bands, just 100% of Mickey from here. Yeah, it wasn't even me. I wasn't even correcting you. I, just, I figured it might just be a mistake. But people were always in there like, Mikey. <laughs> they I know, were correcting me. I know. And I was like, hey, man, at least I wasn't sexually harassing you like I did my teeth. I mean, damn, dude, I was having a bad day. But anyways, yeah, so what's that Instagram, sir? It's Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y-D with three E's and then underscore. There it is. Yeah. Yes, there sir. it is, sir. Okay, well, listen, thank you for coming on. Uh, much appreciated. And, like, good luck training. Hopefully we see you at Raw Nats, man. We'll keep you in touch. Well, yeah, maybe. maybe. See you, man. Maybe we'll do the uh, 105 preview show like you were saying. We have we try to get all the 105s on here. Yeah, man. I'm about it. Let me know. Okay, man. Sounds good. Have a good one. Yeah. Okay. Nice talking to you. Peace. Japan. Your, your boy, Mike. Mike E.D. And um, as always... If you're listening, watching, however you're you're taking this in, please do subscribe. Please do give us high ratings and uh, put it up in your Instagram, you know, stories and whatnot. It is much appreciated. Guys like Mikey D deserve it. And uh, it, it's going to help us out as well to keep pushing forward these stories. I got Amanda Lawrence on the next podcast. Um, and we, man, we have been grinding out, putting, you know, doubling up, tripling up. Um, every week on these podcasts, but it is lockdown. And uh, I know I'm just like you guys, man. I am all over podcasts. It's lockdown to keep me entertained. So hopefully you appreciate it. Until next time, six pack lap of that.